0: welcome to the european hockey podcast in
1: conversation with the biggest names in sport generating insight and engagement around coaching officiating and playing hockey Quan brown welcome to the european hockey federation podcast thanks very much for coming along for those that very few people that wouldn't have heard about your, your name in the world of hockey uh, what are you up to and where would, you, where would we have met to arrive at this podcast moment for now?
0: So uh, suppose, well, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Jack, for having me uh, on the podcast. Um, uh, so at the, so yes, as a, at the moment I am uh, working as the assistant coach of the Great Britain Men. I've, um, I've played for Trinidad and Tobago, for a very, very, very long time. I've played like 26 years of international hockey because um, I started quite young. Um, and I'm also currently coaching the Hampton Westminster Hockey Club, which is a Premier League club in, in England. Um, and I've done that for the last for six seasons. This is my sixth season coming up. But previously, previously I've worked at um, uh, East Granted Hockey Club where, and uh, Canterbury Hockey Club as coaches. And alongside that, my other job is the, uh, I'm a, um, a hockey coach, well, the head of hockey at a London school called Mill Hill. Um, so quite quite a bit uh, that I'm doing at the moment, but yeah, it, it, uh, it, it all, um, it, well, it never feels like work because I am a, one of those proper hockey geeks, I love hockey, so yeah, just totally enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that, Quan. I don't think I, I ever saw you without your laptop or a, a hard drive in your hand. You was always going from somewhere to somewhere and another session to another session. So I, I can vouch for that one. Uh, what some people may not know is you were player coach and probably still still playing coach. You may say you don't play as much, but you can still definitely play. But that balance of player coach, you know, at Canterbury for, for eight years at East Grinstead as well, and then to Hampstead. Talk me through the that role of player coach because there's very few, or a lot of people try and do it, but maybe very few successfully.
0: Yeah, uh, I've had this this uh, question a few times actually. I never really thought about it um, uh, as much as I've done recently, and especially over the lockdown, um, I had to think about a lot, a lot more about what what are some of the things I really had to put in in place as a player coach to make it uh, make it work. Actually, I had to um, share some ideas to the uh, the Mexican coaches because they were really interested about player coaching because it's something I think in some of the developing countries where it's, you can't really have, sometimes can't afford uh, full time coaches. Normally, a player coach, and so the stuff that uh, I thought worked really well as a player coach. So I think firstly um, at uh, for the level it's all been. Uh, Premier League or National League, so a relatively high standard. And because the standard was really high, I had to make sure that I, I can play at that standard, first of all. So I had to look after myself first, um, uh, physically, and also with just my ability to play and find times for me to do my own training so that I was, it will never ever be a consideration of what I was good enough to be on the team. So the first bit was uh, around making sure that I was good enough to play at the level um, and do everything possible to look after myself. The, the other bit with, the, with being a, the, the player coach was uh, the striking the balance and understanding and setting the culture um, around, uh, so this is the hardest part, when you are the player on the pitch and when you are the coach, um, and that balance is, uh, it's, it's, it's really tricky. So I've, I spent a lot of time, and I, I think my first, class was young, 24 at East Grinstone, 23 actually at East Grinstone when I started. Um, and um, I think this has helped my coaching. Now the first part, the first part, uh, uh, I think, uh, is really understanding the team you're working with. So spend a lot of time, getting the boys and myself to understand uh, like who I am, who they are off the pitch. And I am part of that and uh, their culture and um, what the club is used to and really try to find a way to be, to be part of that and really genuinely be part of it. So um, I think it, it made me fit into the team, but then the bit with the hockey I made it really clear on, uh, so that's me uh, in one setting and now on the, the, the coaching side of it, uh, I had to be, well, this is what I had to do. I had to be really strict on, it was sound like a school teacher, but just stuff around discipline. Um, so making sure that, uh, you know, punctuality, uh, stuff around um, the habits we expect, the training, ethics, everything was at at the absolute, whilst I had to do it as well, at the absolute highest, it was um, really set our standards, the culture and stuff in training and we lived by it. And I, I, lived, I lived by it as well. So it was, a re- it was really clear when somebody stepped out of line was always easy to manage, and the players could manage it, um, so it just meant that when it came to any things around uh, discipline, around selections, uh, it was all so clear to all the players of what um, what was expected that it never ever felt as me being a player coach, uh, a player coach, as in it is uh, being uh, I don't know been vindictive or being uh, uh, on on fear so if I was to speak to you Jack about selection and uh, uh, it it would have been uh, re- really clear with our culture in that uh, whether it was around your ability or punch or you know you're not sticking to the team culture or I just made everything as clear as possible so that's the first kind Of first part about first part of it, the other bit that, that had to be really important was um, constantly giving feedback so every player knew exactly where they stood before training and then after training, so that again, uh, selection and stuff was never an issue. Again, so when we talk about the hockey side of it, it was never an issue. Um, so if you, if a com- couple of players are competing for positions or places, they knew exactly what they had to do. Um, they knew, like, if what they, who they were competing against and it was all really open and honest every step of the way. So there was never, ever any conflict. Be- and the reason why this is really important for me is, is that uh, I had to be part of the team as well. That's well I started with like getting to know the players and let them know I'm, I'm part of them. So I wanted to be in the bar with in the bar that the, the, the moments to be in the bar with them was, was right. Um, and yeah, part of their, their, family life and just being part of the group. So for that to work, if I then had to make decisions on selections and stuff, I needed everything to be like crystal clear, really fit fair, so I spent a lot of time just uh, yeah, talking to players before, after trainings um, uh, and just making everything clear. Mm. Uh, to back that up, I, this is the bit you probably, this is the bit that people will probably see more than often than not. Uh, I back everything up with uh, video. So I spent a lot of time um, with, with video and I love individual touches because uh, for me as a player coach, I just thought um, if players can see their own touches, they can help coach themselves because they're all smart. They all understand the game. And I will save, my, save myself a lot of um, a lot of extra extra work. If I say, okay, uh, Jack, every Monday, I'm gonna show you all the moments you were involved. And then, if there's any things you want to catch up with me, you you can. Um, so it means uh, the players then have the video stuff that they can look at, so they get they can help coach themselves. And I also have video evidence of why I think I can make some s- selection decisions and stuff. Uh, this was a little bit more difficult at East Grinstead because we didn't have the all the video technology at that time. It's a long time ago. But that was definitely one of the bits that um, that has made being the a player coach. Uh, yeah, I think I did re- really well with it, uh, a bit successful. Um, I know baffled on there for a bit, but uh, hopefully that p- paints a little a little picture of the, the like the starting the starting up for me.
1: And one of the other lessons you taught me definitely was to to write everything down. You know, all your meetings and all the conversations and the plans were always written down. Because you always said, well, if any player comes back and says, well, I think this or I think that, you'd always go to your notebook and you'd say, actually, this is what we had and this is the conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, really, really, really important. I re- I keep record of every every conversation, um, every message, every uh, because players do forget, and um, and, and you know, they, and no, no, I'm not saying they they voluntarily forget they in all the emotions and stuff sometimes uh, especially because everybody wants to play uh, so I just and this is something uh, I've kind of learned from other coaches or just being in other teams um, and that is uh, and new players always come back with stuff and there's always the coach saying something and the player saying something else so I always made it Um, One of these, it's like, yeah, for for me, I always said, yeah, it's something I want to learn from. And uh, I I always keep a record. As a matter of fact, it's saved me a lot of times when I'm able to send something back to a player saying, well, look at the last. Actually, this is one that's quite recent. Uh, This is only last season. Look at the last, I think it was 47 messages. Here they are and these are the conversations and i just like you to, to, like you to see that every single conversation I was trying to really support you and I really gave you a really clear explanation why you were not selected for this game and every single one was uh, from the, and was over the last five years so uh, the player also then said I can't believe you uh, have messages or keep stuff from five years ago um, and I so it's it's not that I'm a lot players do change and improve, but I'm just trying to show you that over the last five years from your first message, every time I was supporting you and, and giving you feedback. So that that that's why I think it's important. Yeah. And these lessons you speak about, quality, are these learned lessons
1: through making mistakes, or did you have a mentor that, that supported you through that? Because you would have had some great coaches and you know, maybe not so great coaches as well.
0: Well So uh, I've always been very, uh, although uh, I was a young captain, so uh, I think I got forced into being a captain because I was one of the better players for Trinidad. So I started captaining the national team at 18. I mean, there's like the guys who are 30 years old on the team and stuff. Who could be, that one guy could have been my dad as well. Probably not like what I am now to some players. But, uh, um, and then having to captain um, or lead leader, but I was always a, quite a quiet person. So me sp- starting to speak and stuff is n- was only a late thing, as in being a little bit more confident, because I think it was kind of forced upon. I'm still quite uncomfortable speaking. I really am, un- I really am un- un- uncomfortable. Um, so I'm still very quiet, given that I've been a head coach for so long. Um, uh, and so uh, being quiet, I think has helped me because I used to look, listen and observe all the time. And I, I, I can really remember uh, coaches from even as I was like 13, 14 years old. I'm really, this is a, of them doing things that I thought um, was good or them doing things that I thought, I, I don't like that. Um, and those lessons, I just took little bits from the things I thought I will never ever do that because uh, and this is not the hockey. Some of it is hockey. I'm just talking about the, uh, like a coaching philosophy or who I want to be. And like, uh, um, so for instance, when players say one thing and a coach say something else, uh, I just thought I didn't want that to be me. I just want everything to be really, very open and very really fair and fingers crossed if you to ask any of the the players that i coach for hamstead eg um uh um and canterbury they will, they will say when it comes to selection and stuff and it was really 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 clear um so so there's that side of it of just listening and learning and watching at a young age and just taking in information. And I thought I learned a lot by just watching people. So, uh, and then the other bit that was the part of looking and listening is that uh, I, I, I did travel around a bit when I realized I really wanted to do all well with the coaching. I, I forced myself to sit with other coaches. So in Australia, I remember uh, coming to Australia, going to play for uh, Tasmania, um, trying to get as much information from the coaches. um, In Holland, trying to get as much information. New Zealand, as much information. And just listening and learning from all the the coaches of what they do and adding a little bit of just taking some bits. So there was that, that, that side of it as well, like openly going out and trying to get information. Um, and then the other bit, uh, again, which is what people probably see more, is I just love watching hockey. So I just go and sit and watch watch uh, as much as I can. I mean, tournaments, Commonwealth games, and stuff, even when I'm playing, I'll still try and watch as many games and just sit and watch the players and watch the coaches and watch what they do when they get substituted and. Uh, see like what coaches do. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's a mixture of quite a few little things.
1: And so it's been consistent, I suppose, particularly at the club would be, you know, Hugh Stevens, the assistant that's always kind of been there all the way through. And I suppose that's quite, that's football-like in a way that, you know, if the head coach goes, there's an assistant that goes with him. So what is the role of an assistant for you and why is that relationship so strong?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a great, uh, I sh- should have mentioned it um, in the, with player, being a player coach, actually, it's really important. Having um, an assist- assistant coach, this, who you, you trust. Um, uh, so this could, uh, I know there's different types of assistant coaches, but for, for me, because I'm on the pitch playing, uh, I think it's really important that of course the assistant coach uh, have to be uh, have to be uh, good with their knowledge and um, understanding but for me um, I, I prefer for assistant coach who is um, uh, who you can really trust who will keep driving the culture because I've also seen this is really important I've also seen assistant coaches who completely derail what's happening and that is the real, the, 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 the environment or the culture uh, because they probably want to be the head coach. Uh, I've, I've seen that uh, in so many different teams. So that is again, something I've also learned as in just having an assistant coach with a staff who really understands what you want and who you can trust to de- deliver it. But also, which is also important, the staff who can definitely challenge. And then I say challenge meaning in, in the right environment, we will always have, uh, as a staff, just discussions around, are we missing anything? How is it going? Uh, players won't always talk to the head coach. Players talk to the assistant coach. They talk to the physios. They talk to the, uh, the uh, analysts and stuff. And it's just having that understanding of, a staff that knows their the role, the role with it. Um, and and it just ha- having that trust so that the the players feel comfortable if they don't have to speak to the head coach, they can speak to anyone else. Um, but also tr- having a staff and assistant coaches that know that they won't derail it because they can. They, 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 they can. Um uh and I think also that, that is what has put me in a nice position as being an assistant coach for such a long time as well. So for the, on the England and the 16s and the 21s and for the senior men, assistant coach, and I absolutely love it. I really do enjoy it um, because I do understand the role of a an assistant coach and how important it is to keep the, like the, the role of the, the head coach, but also how to, support the head coach and yes you, you, you your role in it um yeah so things are really important of having a, a trusting and uh assistant coach or staff but also a cha- staff that will in the right environment uh also challenge because you don't want to be staying at the same level you have to keep you you can't do what you did last year yeah.
1: and Quan, what's one what of the best bits of feedback you reckon you've had as a coach Something that's kind of really made you think. Um.
0: Uh, um maybe. Uh. Probably just what I spoke about. But uh, maybe just what I spoke about there as, it, as my last point, as in. Um, you you can't do what you did last last year. Um. Like. Like always, I'm trying to how to sum, summarize it. Like always, searching and keep keep trying to to learn and whatever you did last year is kind of all all new. So um, like, and it kind of make me feel that uh, like I have to learn every single moment, every single day. I have to keep trying to get keep trying to get better. Um, and I have to, like coaching wise, have to find a way to, to just be, become, like maybe become better, but also be, like the team I'm coaching, how to get them better. And um, yeah, uh, not sure if I summarized that well enough, but it's, it's just to, to keep it's just to keep trying to push myself to keep getting better because whatever, yeah, whatever you did last is kind of old news and, um, if we Hampstead is the uh, so we we finished in the top four last four five years actually, and um, even though we like, like not last year before we were the defending champions, the team that get promoted uh, if it was Exeter whoever it is. I am I am just as nervous and worried and scared. Um, to the builder before we play that game, as I am for if we have to play in the championship semi-finals or finals. And I know that for sure. That is, uh, um, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure where. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where it, where it, it came from. But the des- desire, I think, um, to to keep searching and keep wanting to do well. Um, I think is uh, a yeah, really important, and I think if I don't make myself, if we don't make myself better and keep trying to search, uh, it's very yeah. I just think it's very easy for a team at the, you know, bottom to be the team at the top. Uh, I don't explain that well enough, but uh, I know what I'm thinking about. Is that I just really have to keep trying to search for the best. I don't take anything for granted. Um, does, as, 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 actually. That's the best way to put it. Uh, Yeah, I don't take anything for granted. I don't take anyone or any team or any player or any person for for granted. Um, So I always keep trying to search for the the best in every moment. And if we talk about Quan
1: Brown, the coach, working across three almost completely different environments in a club setting, a school setting, and a senior international setting, what stays consistent to the Quan Brown philosophy or principles that... Would be consistent in every session
0: no uh so the the the, the normal little song a little bit the first the normal old school bit of yeah just really engaging and being giving your absolute best effort that moment you're on the your pitch nothing else matters um of course there's other stuff that matters but i try to create an environment where when you're training and playing that is the most important place in, in this point and it's not not your your homework you've got to do, whether you, or your prep or if you're in the uh, you're really young, um, or uh, if you're even older, it's not that you, your deadline that you have to uh, sort out, or if you have kids, it's not that you have to go you have to you have to go and do stuff with the kids. So all the levels, um, it's just number one trying to make that that moment on the pitch really like the only bit. So that's the gen- general. Just get, find a way to get everybody in, in, in engaged. Um, and then, uh, a, <laughs> play. <laughs> just, uh, p- playing, just uh, as many, uh, as many touches as possible. Ways of, um, of tr- tr- trying new things and being comfortable to try new things. And, um, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I think just where the, on the pitch it doesn't really matter, as in nothing else matters. And then the, all, all my sessions, doesn't matter the age group. I'm just trying to find something that'll be common, is that you free to play and get as many touches in as possible. I mean, you're always, like you're always involved. The whole time you're just involved and thinking and making decisions. And it doesn't, it, just the whole, you can't switch off basically. And I, uh, I kind of answered this question as
1: well, Kwan, having had the, the privilege to, to coach with you. And I've put, I put two words down of energy and skills because I always thought you had energy and you had some of the best witty banter with some of the kids when you would tell them we're going to do the fitness test with a very straight face. And uh, and then we would joke with them that we're not going to do it. And there'd always be some sort of skills in there with the two things I wrote down um, that I thought were consistent.
0: But, yeah, I think um, uh, have, having what you want is, I know this is, uh, it's, it's contradicts some, I know what some coaches things, but uh, for me, I think what you want, uh, you, you want the kids or everyone to enjoy it, um, have fun. They want to smile, laugh, um, and they want you want high energy. So just it should be absolutely brilliant. So I always, yes, you're right, I always uh, uh, make fun of the kids, even just when they're turning up. We always play games with them. I will try to hit the ball with them as well at the start. Um, So play a little, try to take them on -on one-on-one or even even with the adults, even with the senior men, if somebody has the ball in the warm-up, I'll just go and hit hit it away and see them try to move it quickly or something (laughs) Uh, or have a little go at them or, yeah, just always... have a little bit of fun in the, in the training session and just keep, keep the energy good from the, the start. So they, it's, um, uh, I think if, if there's a like, fun energy at the start, you kind of won the players over strict, not win them over, That uh, making it sound like a, a, I'm selling something, but uh, you, you just create the environment you want even before it's the actual official time has started. So I think that's uh, uh, really, really important. Yeah, and there's a big debate in, in
1: coaching about this opposed versus unopposed practice that seems to be never-ending. Yeah. But I think that, we spoke about it and you've done before. Whenever we did a skill, it, it, there was always a progression to it. always You always used to put some sort of time pressure on or set some players some challenges on the skills. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I don't think you, we, we ever did a skill practice that wasn't under pressure or didn't connect to the game.
0: Yeah, so uh, well so on opposed the opposed, I think there's a, a, uh, there's a place for, 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 for both for everything is just getting a nice little balance and especially where you are with the group and stuff. And, and so sometime depending on the numbers, if if, it's safe, if you've got enough, I might just use another player. So it might be both of us and we're doing skills to space. And we'll kind of show a few like, uh, you can you know use your body fake here to get gain here, and try to feel off the defender when you need to do it, and you can just kind of dance with each other. So at that side of it. So it's still um, uh, un- unopposed, uh, but you have a body to work with. Um, or if you're doing if you're doing uh, an exercise with uh, maybe something around cones, for instance, I'll just put something on it. Okay, you have five now. Um, and you have to score three out of five, 10 seconds, and I'll count down, I'll make it, I'll just put some pressure on it. Uh, uh, okay, uh, double or nothing. You have, uh, you have to hit the backboard, sideboard to score, or just put something a little bit extra on it that just builds the, builds the pressure. So I think you can still even unopposed, you can still put pressure with time or, uh, or the numbers that they have to do. Um, I remember one time with uh, with Canterbury, we were doing our outletting shape, and uh, so completely unopposed. I don't normally do it like this. This is really, and it's just like getting the big pitchy shape and stuff. I said, you know what? Okay, um, so ten of you, we start from the full back. We're gonna wake, work our way up, um, and uh, and I said put myself. Hugh and you know Nigel Durban? Yeah, Nigel oh, Durbs, yeah. <laughs> Durbs, uh, so just so that people know, Durbs, he's been, he has been a Canterbury be assistant. He's one of the assistant coaches I had actually. He's been Canterbury. Be, right? Of every
1: team, he's the assistant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and he still, he still is. And so Durban must have been 70 at the time, 70 years old. <laughs> anyway, so okay, so you have uh, 10 balls in your outletting shape. And we let's finish off with a gold shot. But if myself you or Derbs touch touch the ball, it's it's over because all about your like the heights and stuff uh, just before me. And that little pressure, that little pressure was uh, was, was enough. Cause Derbs made two tackles, which is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think there's, uh, that's a bit extreme, but there's lots of ways to you can build pressure on time, on numbers of balls, and um, uh, just so that they feel a little bit of the pressure. Um, even if it's something that's un- unopposed, you kind of simulate a, a little bit of pressure to, to help groove a skill under pressure.
1: And how do you think you've changed as a coach, Quan? Do you look back at yourself as that 18-year-old that started coaching thinking, or oh, I wish I did this. Or I wish I didn't do that. How do you How do you reflect on that? Uh,
0: um, I'm better with uh, with with because um, I wasn't. I don't, I'm not say I wasn't bad, but I'm definitely better at trying to understand players off the pitch lifestyles and problems or or other problems, just this personal situations. So as I mentioned earlier on, uh, part of the environmental I like to create is that nothing else matters. When you're in that, on the pitch, that hour and a half, that two hours, that hour session, nothing else matters, just really enjoy it. and, um, And I try to create that. So what I've definitely I've learned is uh, how to be far more open and understanding uh, to players who may really have other issues happening, and it could affect them on the pitch. And how I don't, how I don't make it affect others, so that they don't affect the session itself. So, say there's a player who is uh, really struggling because uh, there's something at home. I still can't let him affect. The other players. The session still needs to be high energy, but I'm far more conscious and have to within the session just be conscious of him and how I make him make that him or her feel um, still a, still a, achieve. And I'm just uh, I'm just far more aware and uh, so before, to put a little bit to put it in a better context, be, be or to paint a better picture before uh, a lot longer. That not something else happening outside, uh, they will the same treatment whereas now I say say Jack so, so Jack is coming to train and they have something happening outside so I know he's may not be on it I'm gonna try and push him to be on it but I'm really conscious and I just know where the boundaries are and even in between each session, like just checking up like uh, all okay you're doing well keep it going um, if you need to take extra break take a break. You know, I, I won't. I'll still find ways to keep that player going. So I've been far, far, far better at that side of it, and that is all levels, from uh, on on the tens to to senior level. And it's all the same. Not nothing there has changed. I think that is one of the biggest improvements. Of yeah, I kind of understanding players off the pitch and st- still finding the balance between pushing them but realising when I have to back up back up a bit.
1: Yeah that ability to be self-reflective and self-aware and I suppose develop the individual within the team is maybe what a lot of coaches forget sometimes they're always worried about the team but maybe not the individuals within it.
0: Yeah. yeah and, and, and but would you say it like that dear funny enough one of my Things uh, is if I can make every player individually better, so that's why I love like the individual touches and feedback to the players. The team is going to get better. So, um, and if one of the things now, if one of the aspects is getting helping them with the off the pitch, making that better. Um, so that's been a bit, that's definitely been a big improvement. Um, with my coaching mm.
1: and if we look at youth development or we we look at those kind of elite performers coming out of junior what do you see as consistent traits and attributes of those players
0: uh so na- na- naturally especially because of hockey how fast it is and now well with all the there's lo- lots of stats but you know one of these i guess one of the common stats is that most goals are scored in transition like teams outletting and pressing against outletting, you know, nothing really happens. (laughs) But most of it is, most of it is transition from winning it uh, to attacking, from uh, losing it to defending. Um, Which one, which is number one, the skill. Being skilled, very skillful is uh, really important. Um, uh, Because at at the end of it is the transition moment, is the disorganized moments of the game. So the, the, young, the young players coming through, because most of the game is transition, the person that stands out is this, if you're quick. <laughs> so players with good athletic ability stand a great chance um, to do well, have a higher chance to do well, because that's the game is a lot of transitional transition play. So that's one thing. Um, uh, the the other bit, something you can see is the, uh, there's the uh, kind of ability of wanting to, understanding invasion sports, like, defending and attacking they have uh, kids um, who who naturally they've lost the ball and they might just stand there but then actually I had a session last Tuesday with the year fives so on the 11s on the, the 10s and there's this girl they're not the ones who um, you know if they lose they stand there I had this girl who she wants to get every ball. I played with them as well. Not scared to tackle. Trying to tackle um, when they win the ball, she's trying to take it quickly because we spoke about self-pass and you can take the ball quickly for yourself and try to score before the team is ready. And she was just sideline getting the ball, going. This obviously not now learning the game, and straight away is just that understanding. So I think one of the things for young like uh, young players coming through is just understanding the this the speed of the, like, the speed of from attacking to defending, and there's that understanding of uh, of the game, like, I want to score, so I want to get the ball, I want to go and score, and they have the ball, I have to stop them from scoring, and where I need to be. Uh, um, so that's uh, two of the things, so one is just, yeah, the, the speed normally stands out, and then the ability to want to attack and defend. Uh, so as the junior players coming through, and then uh, as I suppose as they get older is the uh, uh, the desire to try and do stuff on your own so you, like going out on the pitch and because thats I think that's how you get better just going and training on your own and doing stuff on your own with a mate or something just getting touches doing stuff um, and uh, yeah just, yeah just going out getting extra touches making yourself better I think it's really important yeah um, for the, the kids who have seen, like carried on doing well, and they want to do, yeah, you know, just go out and do stuff on their own. Uh, but yeah, so those, those are these the, the, the things that kind of stood out, as in speed, and the ability and desire, and like genuine desire to want to defend and attack. And with that, the kids who go out and then do stuff on their own, they they end up doing really well. Their speed these desire to defend an attack and then they go out and do stuff put them in a nice place of course the coaching and clubs and an the environment also will help but that natural desire um, and stuff uh, i think is a yeah, pretty important mm. and
1: at, a, at a senior level is there space
0: you know is there
1: purposeful space kind of made in the week to go out and do that are they go with their you know individual development plans are they pretty good at Having that
0: creation of that, yeah. Um, so there is a lot there's a, because the, the pitch and stuff is always available, and there's the there's a lot of space for the boys to to go out and do their own individual training. Um, but obviously, get any balance between um, being in a central like centralized training, yeah. Uh, sometimes three four times a week, and then going to do your own individual training. You just have to get that balance right with the all the family stuff and club stuff. But yeah, there's space for the, and some boys do go out and yeah, quite a few the boys go out and do quite a bit of individual training. And
1: if you could give every player maybe two or three skills that you said, okay, you have to have these skills, what would they be? I mean, you know, technical kind of hockey skills.
0: Uh, the, the ability to carry the ball and see the pitch. Um, so, uh, and then, yeah. The ability, to carry, the ability to carry the ball, see the pitch. And of course, what that means is the, then the ability to, to pass. So I think if you have the, if you, if the stick on the ball, your stick and ball and you are one, so you don't even need to worry about that side of it. You can like be looking, you can see the whole pitch for the stick on the ball. Um, then that's absolutely massive. And then, then the ability to execute passes from it, but if, the passes come easy once you can do that. Anyway, the passes then come easy. So I think uh, one of these skills I, I think is really important is the stick on your stick on ball should feel like part part of your body. Um, you shouldn't have to be worrying about the ball and the floor at all or whatever. Like that should just be one. And the best players, I think, they always talk about the best players making the game look slow. They have so much time is because they the stick and ball is like one and they can see the just see the pitch so everything um everything is easy they see they know exactly what's happening they can manipulate it they uh, yeah so i think the, the ability to carry the ball or to have the ball and see the pitch it's uh it's really really important uh skill no point I, I know myself defending players players who yeah have all the hand skill and stuff but they had they, they, they easy. Well, I said not not easy, but it's easier <laughs> easier to defend because I know I know what's happening. Okay, you're gonna take me on, yeah. so I'm ready for this. The players I find very very difficult, and the ones who just carry the ball, they're not even looking at it, but they see the whole pitch, and then I just don't have not a clue if they're going to pass, dribble, what's on their mind, what are they seeing, what are they doing, and they're just making time for themselves, and that is very very difficult to defend. Yeah.
1: and if we were to take it more back to a team and, and look at principles versus tactics or principles with tactics where do you what where do you go with that are you a, a very principle driven coach when you're looking at the seniors teams or are you very team tactics this is we have to do this we have to do that?
0: that um, is a, a bit of both. if I go with my club uh, let's talk about clubs club side we so as I said, transition is, obviously transition is where the game is won, I think won and lost. So we play, if I put a percentage on it, video work um, plays a big part in our tactics and all of our sessions, all of our sessions, uh, there'll be something tactical in it. But the, uh. with that, all of it is about being individually technically very good. So it's lots of. So even if you are playing two on two versus two, it's still tactical, but it's uh, it's the thinking tactic, like where we want to attack, how we're we going to make this a two on one. Um, there's lots, of, always lots of touches. So all, all all the sessions will be based around individually getting better uh, with and without the ball. So you'll have lots of those opportunities, a lot of this, will be a lot of 2v2, 3v3, 1v1, 4v4 constantly with, uh, with them thinking about uh, t- tactics. So actually last I was a uh, club first session back. And for example, we did a sort of a two versus two, but with them, and we got them feeding long balls um, so they, so they did. Uh, they had to pick the ball up from further with them being marked, and uh, and the it was, it was about them technically being able to receive the ball being marked and then be good and create two v ones and a two v two. But then, the, the defensively the boys were talking about how they can don't let the players run them around how they can pass over players in that little two v two. So all of improving themselves individually. They're thinking tactically of what they'll be doing in a bigger game. So. Um, that, that's, um, so I think for me, it's a bit of both. I think is, uh, and if I was to jump on, if I was to make a decision on one, I'll go more on principles of, um, and then the team tactics, Although we do a lot of it, maybe coming in second, but it's not, they go together for me.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, one of my last questions, Kwan, and I know you're always thinking about something, and you're always curious, and you found a new stat or you've seen a new clip or something. So my question is, what are you thinking about at the moment? What's got you thinking? Is there something a bit of a project that you've got going on? I know there's always something.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple of. Uh, obviously, I can't, some I can't. I can't share. Yeah. at this point. Um, uh, yes yeah, some some I can't share, but I said I'm always trying to think of what's uh, what's next and how to be ahead of it. And I'm uh, quite fortunate in that uh, I get to ex- experiment with my school kids on <laughs> so, so, so many different levels that I can experiment with. Uh, uh, um, uh, so, one of the, maybe one of the, uh, the things that I'm kind of working and working on now is, that I could share is, because the game so much is, so many circle possessions and stuff or chances are created from transition, like just when a team has turning the ball over, um, yet teams spend a lot of time with the outletting shape and stuff, um, and pressing and outletting. Uh, how, how I could be, like if, uh, I'm trying to find the best way to put it, uh, how to create, be even better at the transition moments. I'm just trying to work, uh, I'm, I'm just w- working on what could I do individually? Um, so I'm in self-coaching, but individually for players. And also as a team, how to become, or what what is the next phase of those transition moments, both in attack and defense, and how to make it something really special. Um, so that, that's the that's one of the things I'm working on at the moment. How how to how to change the not change, but how to change my thinking and uh, and the players' thinking of, around the uh, yeah, outletting shape and back three and back four and all that stuff to all just basically like all these small games so sideline balls, 16 yard hits, because well, 16 yards is a transition moment, the team's not ready to play as yet for instance as well um, like just is there more work to be done there? So that's kind of what I'm working on, how to uh, one of the things I'm working on how to be Take transition, defense, and attack to um, like another level. Is there something missing? Can I learn anything? Um, what clips could I get from like get from watching all the best teams do it in these moments? And is there something that they're doing that they probably don't even know that I can nick something, nick something from both an attack and defense? So that, that's I'm just trying to explore and see what I could find.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much video do you watch, Kwan? Tell people because I know it's a lot for you. You must watch hours and hours every week. Yeah, I'm not even able to give you a number
0: actually. Um, just yeah, whenever I can, just try and watch as much. And it's not always in, not 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 long always. Sometimes I'm just watching, just seeing if something turned up for now. Oh, that look all right. What happened there? Then let well, yeah, I'll, I'll save that and look look at that later. Mm-hmm. I mean, awesome. I just just enjoy watching and and seeing new skills as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I spoke to someone recently and I asked the question of you know what is your thinking space of when do you think best what is that environment where you're you're just really on it and you're you're thinking creatively and you're thinking you know you're really on point with what you're
0: what you're doing what does that look like well it's actually it's normally very early in the morning especially just I think actually very it's normally very early morning sometimes having a, a shower that goes really well. I don't know what it is. That is re- it's really interesting, but having a, having a shower and just thinking about uh, stuff, some ridiculous ideas always pop, pops up, yes. um, which is, uh, I say ridiculous, but ideas always pop up. But it's normally just early in the morning. I don't know if it's just because my brain is fresher um, and normally just having a, a, a coffee. And just in my own own little world, and watching, whether it's watching a, a game or writing and writing notes, or t- thinking about the, the, a game plan or something, and that's when all the idea all the ideas come. So just uh, I like it when it's early in the morning, alone, um, uh, and just starting to think of uh, yeah, just. Thinking of any, any any anything, so maybe it's a, actually something which I did learn from. Uh, we have uh, something called Spotlight where they work out your your colors of like who you, like who you are and stuff, and it kind of gives you a little insight of how you learn and stuff like that. Um, and um, one of my derailers is that um, uh, I'm sometimes so confident with what I want to do, as in like how I want my team to play uh, is a bit of a blind spot. Um, So that also has helped with my thinking space as in I'm always thinking of, okay, what is my blind spot? What, I'm so sure myself that this is going to work. Um, That is my blind spot. Now what will the, was all the ripple effects what is uh, what is the opposition going to do, or what will the player think if I do this? And I just have to keep thinking of all the different things, and that is where the thinking space comes in because uh, I'm a lot, I'm a little bit aware of my, you know, one of my blind spots. So it makes you also think even more. Like, right? okay, that, that's a weakness of mine. So uh, let me just address it and try to work, work, and then I get like ideas that way as well. <laughs> yeah, and my
1: last question, Quan, if you were to set the coaches listening a, a bit of a challenge or something to go and maybe do some research and go and look at, where would you be sending them? What topic area would you be asking them to, to challenge themselves on?
0: Yeah, well, uh, similar to what uh, I'm uh, actually uh working on actually is in that uh, the challenge will be uh, the stuff that hockey is about scoring more goals than the opposition. And uh, what are the moments, uh, like if if just as in, are you coaching the moments enough uh, that you like coaching the moment coaching those moments or coaching the your players to be good in those moments. And sometimes um, uh, we might spend a lot of time, and this is, I'm, I'm talking to myself here because I, I'm really guilty of it. I was, well, I'm still, yeah, always learning, but you end up coaching something that doesn't happen a lot in the, in the game that you, not doesn't happen a lot, it happens, but you can definitely, uh, coach uh, in a way that will have a, I think a better impact. So for like me, like, as I said, uh, as I'm thinking about transition and now with my uh, coaching um, I have to make sure my sessions, What what is good about a team who does well in transition? Like they can, you got have a lot of skills. They have to be quick in decision-making. They have to find space very quickly, how they gonna capitalize on that space. Um, and the, uh, and am I coaching that? So the message will be, what, what are the, uh, because is about, yeah, scoring more goals in your position. Uh, and have a think about how you score, how, go, how goals are being scored. And if you put enough, enough time in making your players individually good enough in those moments, um, yeah, to execute it ta- t- t- technically, tactically, and also like mentally good enough to execute it under the fatigue and stuff that they may be facing. So uh, that'll be the, the challenge. A little example will be penalty corners. Most people tag on penalty corners at the end of the session. Um, co- penalty corners is one of the ways of scoring. Um, but there's a lot of pressure on the corners. There's only sometimes three, one corner with fatigue. Lots of the times with pressure on it. So, for instance, in so my club, Hampstead, sometimes in uh, training, we will, uh, it will be a penalty corner, no goals, for instance, but the penalty corner is worth how many players inside the circle. So, if you win a corner and you have five guys in the circle, that's how much the goal is worth. So, the flicker all, now all of a sudden have uh, to score a corner that's worth five points. There's um, a little bit more a little bit more pressure. So yeah, just for instance, as a little example, like is your, is your session replicating what uh, the players will be faced in a, in, in, in a game?
1: Yeah, and my example, Kwan, that I think we, we did when we had indoor was when the boys won the, the national championship, I looked, we looked back at training and I don't reckon we ever did a training game of indoor, maybe longer than four or five minutes every period. And then, you know, we'd play games for one minute or two minute games. And the, the kids would get so used to scoring and defending goals in, in those two minute high pressured moments. that yeah. when they went to the national finals, I think we won the final with 30 seconds to go. But they were so used to doing it because you did the training that looked like, felt like the game.
0: Yeah, also yeah, really important. And as all levels, I think, actually, you um, or always pressuring the games, and that's creating constant pressure. Um, and and if that is done consistently, when it happens in the game, when those moments come in the game, it's uh, it's normal. It's normal, and I think part of co- yeah, coaching as well is making making those moments feel unfair. So remember, at schools, actually, we may uh, be saying, "Okay, you're right, two minutes left in this game." And you uh, just lost a player. And now they have to play five against four with a player less. And they have to, the four have to get a draw. And tactically, they they do it straight away because they know what we want to do. And and that's in the game, straight away. Uh, and I think, and if you have your school kids, well, everyone do doing, uh, so our boys, they knew what they had to do. If they're a man up, man down. If it was... Um, you know, they know they had to do for penalty corners uh, yeah I need to train it and train it with pressure so in the games they never really had that they had the pressure but they did it yeah I think really really important as well yeah
1: Quan thanks so much for your time uh, one of the busiest men in hockey uh, so grateful for your time and you know some absolute gold dust as well thanks a
0: lot for having me Jack thank you for listening to the European Hockey Podcast in conversation with the biggest names in sport.